So this month we have been focusing on the impact that the risen Jesus makes in our lives. And we have been looking uh, through the lens of the old song, Because He Lives. Because He Lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He Lives, all fear is gone. But wait a second, is that really true? Because he lives, all fear is gone? I mean, I believe in the risen Jesus, but there are plenty of times when I have been scared. Like uh, every time I watch a horror movie, which isn't too often because I get scared. And you know the drill, you know how they go. The, The car with the three teenagers is driving along some back road at night and and their car breaks down, and there is a, a creepy mansion there. So they get out, they go up to the door, the door opens all by itself, they step in, and as they step in, the lights go out. And one uh, bright character says, I know, let's all split up and see if we can find the breaker box. Which they agree is a great idea. And They go off opening every door in every room in the house looking for the breakers to turn the lights on. And as the the music swells ominously, the one one character, you know, the, the one that isn't going to make it, opens up a door and suddenly the demon jumps out. And even though you knew it was gonna happen, jump up in your seat and your heart starts to beat. And even though we know Jesus, we still get a little frightened, don't we? See, that's fright. That's fright. It's going to happen. Or you're taking a walk through the woods and you step over a stick and then the stick moves because it's not a stick. It's a snake. And If you're like me, for that moment, you suddenly try to walk on air. And no amount of science can convince you that it's physically impossible to lift both your legs at the same time and remain suspended above that snake. But you try it anyways. That's fright. I hate snakes. Now, horror movies aren't real, and and there's no snake around here that's going to hurt you. But there are truly frightening situations that we all encounter. When one of our, our kids was uh, in preschool, we'd gone to the mall to do some shopping, we'd stopped to look at, at some item, and we turned around, and he was gone. And frantically, we searched the store, and then we searched the mall, and he was nowhere to be found. And I can tell you, we were frightened. We went to the the mall security, and fortunately, he was quickly found. He decided he wanted to go back to the car, and he went out through the wrong door and was wandering around the parking lot by himself. That fright was real. And Jesus isn't going to take away the fright of a good horror movie or stepping on a snake or having a child go missing. Frightening things will happen, even with Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself uh, caused some frights. In Luke 24, 
when the risen Jesus appears to the disciples, the Bible says they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. Jesus does not eliminate being frightened. A scary movie is just as scary whether you believe in Jesus or not. Fright happens. But there's a difference between being frightened and living in fear. Fright happens in the moment when that primitive part of our brain screams, danger, danger, danger. But fear, fear borrows trouble from the future. Fear thrives on worry. And worry is about the future. The future is really where fear lives. What is going to happen? And that's where the fear comes from. That's why Jesus warns his disciples not to borrow trouble from the future. In Matthew 6, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor is dressed like one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Fear feeds on worries, worries about the future. You go to the doctor and, and you get bad news. The test has come back and it's cancer. And you begin to, to wonder, what if the treatment doesn't work? What if I can't afford the treatment? What if there is no treatment? And your mind begins to spin and the, and the fear rises up inside of you. Or consider this situation. <clears throat> a week ago, I'd gone to Walmart. And I pulled up, it was evening, I got out, and I stepped up to the door, and everything was boarded up. And immediately I, I'm wondering, did I miss something? Is there something going on here that I should have been aware of? Is, is there danger? And a little bit of fear started started welling up inside of me until I found out that they had just boarded up all the Walmarts in, in the Twin Cities because of uh, worry about the, uh, the after effects of uh, the, the Chauvin trial and, and uh, also of uh, the shooting as well. They, those kinds of moments of fear as we, we wonder and, and we worry about What's going to happen? 
And perhaps there's no greater worry that we have than, than the worry that we have over those that we love, whether it be our children or our grandchildren or a spouse or a friend. Those kinds of worries very easily well up into fear. When, uh, when we got the news uh, back in March that our newborn grandchild, Lincoln, was being airlifted to mail, I have to tell you, our hearts went to some pretty dark places. Our minds began to spin, and we wondered what the future would be like. Now, fortunately, he's, uh, he's doing just fine. But you've probably experienced times like that in your life when, when worry about someone that you, you care about has led to fear overwhelming you. When uh, our oldest son was a Boundary Waters guide 10 or 12 years ago, he called us one day from Camp Kowakin and he said that, that he was feeling deathly ill and that he was going to drive himself to the hospital in Ely to get it checked out. Now that was in the morning. And at noon we started wondering. I wonder what has happened. I wonder what he has. Why hasn't he called us back? By mid-afternoon, we, the wonder had turned to worry. And by evening, I started calling the camp. There was no cell phone coverage there at that time. There was only the landline. And Luke was the only guide in camp. And there was no answer on the phone. And I called and called. By the time it got dark, I'm calling the pastors that I know in the area saying, hey, can you drive up to camp and check on my son to make sure he's all right? Our minds were filled with every imaginable horror. And then my phone rang, and it was my son. You know, what happened? Are you all right? And he said, well, I, I've got Giardia. And uh, I was lying in my bed feeling bad, and I said, well... I could feel bad here in bed, or I could feel bad fishing. So I went fishing. It's like, kids, can you relate? Fear is something that we can all relate to. And even the disciples faced fear. On that first Easter, when they'd already heard from Mary that she'd met the risen Jesus, and that he was alive, still, they're filled with fear. John records it this way. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. With that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they're not forgiven. It's Easter Sunday. They've heard Jesus is risen, but still, they are locked in a room 
because of fear of the Jewish leaders. See, it was Jewish leaders like Caiaphas that had handed Jesus over to the Romans to be crucified, and the disciples are afraid that the same thing could happen to them. But the risen Jesus walks through those closed doors, and he calms their fear. Peace be with you, he said. And because he lives, Jesus is still doing that today. Walking through the doors that we have, have locked because of our fears. And saying, peace. Peace be with you. Whether it's our fears for our family, whether it's our fears for our communities, whether it's our fears for, for ourselves. We worry about all these things and what's going to happen and it causes our head to spin and our hands to tremble. But Jesus comes and says, peace. Peace. Jesus speaks peace into our troubled lives. And because he lives, our fear is gone. At least for a moment. I wish that one encounter with the risen Jesus was enough for us never to be frightened again, to never experience fear again, to banish all of our worries. But it doesn't work that way. It seems that we Christians need to be to hear from Jesus over and over again as he says, peace be with you. Just one week after that first Easter, just one week later, the apostles are gathered in the room again, and guess what? The door is locked again. Fear has come back. Just one week after hearing Jesus and receiving his peace. Now, Thomas wasn't there the first time. You can cut him some slack. He's there this time. But all the other ones had seen the risen Jesus. They had received his peace. And yet here they are. They're still meeting behind locked doors. And so Jesus shows up again. A week later... His disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hand, reach out your hand and put it in my side, stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, have you believed? You have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. How can the disciples still be worried? How can they still be living in fear? They, have, they know that Jesus is alive. They've already felt his peace, at least everyone but Thomas. How can they still be living in fear? Well, how indeed? How indeed? Because don't we know, don't we know that Jesus is risen? Haven't we felt Christ's peace in our hearts? Heard him whisper, peace be with you? And yet, how often have we found ourselves back behind locked doors with our hearts 
pounding and her head spinning, worried about the future. But here's the great news. Here's the great news. Jesus never gets tired. And Jesus never gives up on us. Jesus never says, enough. Oh, you Thomases, with your doubts. You Peter and James and Johns, with your worries and your fears. What's wrong with you? No, Jesus never does that. He just shows up again behind our locked doors, saying, peace. Peace be with you. Peace be with you, Pam. Peace be with you, Rich. Peace be with you, Marty. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. And in that moment, all fear is gone. And he can do that because he lives. A dead Jesus can't calm our fears. But a living Jesus can. And that's why we can sing that song. Snakes and horror movies, they still scare us. And the troubles in our countries and the worries about our families, they still cause fear to rise up now and again. But the risen Jesus keeps showing up, speaking into our lives, peace, peace, peace. And because he lives, all fear is gone. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we have so many locked doors. So many worries where we borrow trouble from the future. So many things that cause us to live in fear. But we know that you are alive. And because you, are, you live, Lord, come into our hearts and speak to us once more your peace. Help us to be able to, to leave the future to you and to experience you in the presence. May all fear be banished and instead be replaced with the confidence that we walk through this life with you, not alone, but we walk with you. And you will never leave us or forsake us. You'll never give up on us. You'll always keep showing up. Thank you, Jesus.